Good morning and welcome to Green Tea Conversations, the radio show that delves into the pages of Natural Awakenings magazine to bring you the local experts who share their progressive ideas and the latest information and insights needed so you can lead your best life. I'm your host, Candy Brothel, publisher of the Twin Cities edition of Natural Awakenings magazine, and I'm honored to bring these experts to you. However, today we are doing something a little bit different. In our studio today, we have Sean Blodgett of Synergy Natural Health. Sean is also uh, one of the people who helped to bring the magazine to life for everyone and helps to make sure it's distributed throughout St. Paul and the surrounding areas. And he also does just a lot of behind-the-scenes work and volunteering for the magazine Uh, to help us make sure that we are able to bring the magazine out to our readers. And Sean and I were talking a couple of weeks ago, and we had been at a couple of expos. Mm -hmm. And the expos, uh, we always have people come up and start to talk to us. and, And I've been getting some kind of questions about, you know, kind of trying to figure out who I am and why I'm doing the magazine and yeah. <laughs> some curiosity around it. And Sean had said, you know, maybe we should do something where I interview you. Well, actually, first I said, maybe we should have somebody interview you. <laughs> oh, maybe that was it. And I said, gosh, I have the perfect person. <laughs> it would be you. Yeah. <laughs> and so we thought today we're going to turn it around. Yeah. And Sean is going to interview me and uh, kind of give you guys a little bit of background about who I am and what it is that I do, how I came about the magazine, that type of thing. So I am turning the host duties (laughs) over to Sean. This will be fun and exciting. Uh, I'm kind of scared because you prepared some questions and I haven't seen them yet. So I always say I'm an open book. So let's see how much I really am. So (laughs) now... You've been in the kind of holistic health and green living um, lifestyle for before you bought the magazine. Oh, yeah. For quite a while. Quite a while. Um, I, I don't I'm not like a real diehard person who's done this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want people to know, like, you're not going to come to me and get like all the advice of what you should do in your health and wellness. Mm-hmm. That's what our advertisers are for. That's what the professionals are for who do this every day. But um, most of my life has been spent around holistic health and um, kind of just different times in my life. Growing up, I grew up with kind of a hippie mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who was always looking at how do we how do we do things more naturally. So I'm not going to get into too much of that. I'll let you ask some questions, and then we'll see where that goes. Okay. Um, and uh, so I met you, it was, what, about three years ago? Yeah. Uh, so right was- before uh, you had purchased the magazine. And the previous owner of the magazine, she came up to all the different uh, vendors at that expo saying, the new person that's going to be buying the magazine, she's going to be here today. She'll be walking around, talking to y'all. And so when I first met you, I was like, this is the person buying the magazine? Because you look so mainstream in so many ways. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. So... um, now, how have you incorporated more of that holistic lifestyle with um, 
being in the mainstream community? Because you worked in a college and stuff like that. Right, right. So my experience has been, like I said, you know, growing up with a hippie mom, she always mm-hmm. was, we grew up on a farm, so we grew up in and had a lot of experiences. We can talk about those later if you want. But um, just from the time I was very young, I was looking for ways to stay healthy and well mm-hmm. um, that didn't involve traditional medicine. So um, even today, I don't take any medications, which I'm very fortunate about. But I was always looking for what are some things that I can do to really relieve stress. I've always had really high stress jobs, that type of mm-hmm. thing. Uh, so massage was like a huge thing. I've, I've done massage for had massage done for probably 35 years, mm-hmm. um, even before it was you know, way traditional in northern Minnesota. I think I went to one of the first massage therapists up there who got a lot of flack mm-hmm. for starting, you know, it was seen as being something kind of dirty instead of something healthy. Right. <clears throat> and now she's very mainstream up there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was that type of thing. It's always looking at um, what are some natural approaches that we can take? What are the healthy foods, growing our own foods, uh, you know, just actually preserving our own foods, that type of thing. That's always been really important. Now, growing up, did you, um, how did you feel about uh, growing up that way? Like the gardening and- I thought it was horrible. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it was, you know, it was so funny because now I look back on it and there's so many things that I learned from my parents, but back then it was like child labor. I mean, that's what it felt like. Right. And we were, I grew up very poor, so mm-hmm. my parents did it out of necessity. I mean, we grew up on a, for, on a farm, mm-hmm. and we had huge gardens, and um, we always had animals. We always yeah. had different types of animals to either provide food or become food, right. that type of thing. Um, but How big was your garden? Oh, gosh, we had, so I grew up with seven kids, there okay. seven kids in our family, mm-hmm. and uh, four boys, so we had large gardens. We had five very large gardens oh, wow. all the time. So we had a garden that was just potatoes and a garden that was <laughs> just onions, yeah. and so between, you know, preserving it and keeping uh, root vegetables in a root uh, root cellar and canning and freezing and that type of thing. Um, drying. We did a lot of drying. Okay. Um, but we also sold a lot. It was okay. one of the ways where my parents made additional money was selling vegetables, selling at, back then we didn't really have farmer's markets so much. Right, yeah. Um, but they would sell on, you know, just different events that were going on and that kind of thing. Right. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of work. Yeah. It was a lot of work. I mean, every spring you're planting and then you're, you taking know, all the taking rocks care out. of it. <laughs> so rocks is a funny thing because we, my parents never let us stay home from school ever. Mm-hmm. Like we always had to go to school. And if we just wanted to take a day off and stay home, mm-hmm. we could, but we had to take out so many five gallon buckets of rocks <laughs> <laughs> out of the gardens if we did it. So we yeah. just never did it because it stunk. That was a bad job. <laughs> yeah. I also grew up with an acre garden uh, growing up. So I, I definitely know the pain. <laughs> yes. Yes. There, there was always rocks and weeds and different yep. things that needed to be taken out. Um, but 
we also had animals. So we always, at one point, we had 200 head of goats, dairy oh, goats. Wow. Which, by the way, I love goats. Mm-hmm. I still love goats. Um, but we, you know, we milked the goats and sold goat milk. Okay. So this was back in the late 70s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. And people were just, I mean, it was very little known as far as uh, having any kind of problems with dairy or mm-hmm. uh, any kind of issues around um, like we like we hear of now. Um, but people who did would seek out goat milk because okay. it was something that they could tolerate. So when we sold to different dairies to help, uh, at one time we sold to Kemp's. So oh, cool. Dairy, goat milk has a lot of cream in it, so they would use it for the ice cream and that type of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean... It was very interesting. Now I look back on it, and I am just so very, very grateful for all the things that I learned mm-hmm. on the farm. Um, and there's so many other things. What's one of the things that kind of sticks out in your mind that you learned as a child growing up that isn't necessarily common today, but it was kind of common back then? Common back then. I don't think it was even common back then. One of the memories I always have is coming home on the bus and my mom was in the yard picking dandelions. Okay. And people were like, you know, kids on the bus were like, why is your mom picking dandelions? Do you guys hate dandelions that bad? And I'm like, no, she cooks them. Mm-hmm. So she would make dandelion greens along with, you know, collard greens and spinach and everything else. She'd make big pots of greens. But then she also would deep fry dandelion heads, the flowers, <clears throat> which was actually really good. Okay. <laughs> but it was really odd. And I didn't realize it was odd because we had it all the time. And it was like, our friends are like, you eat dandelions? <laughs> yeah, we do. So yeah. it's actually something now a little bit more avant-garde. Right. So she was way ahead of her time. We just didn't even realize it back then. Right, yeah. Um, and so you mentioned that you uh, started getting massage many, many, many years ago, uh, before the turn of the century. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, what other things have you been doing uh, ahead of the, the curve? Well, again, when I was growing up, um, my mom had us all getting chiropractic adjustments um, very early. Like, I think I was seven years old when the first chiropractor came into our town. Yeah. And my mom was like, yeah, you know, everybody's getting chiropractic adjustments. So we would, I don't know if they traded out or what they did in order to afford to do that, but all of us had to go in and get chiropractic adjustments. Okay. So I've been doing that since... Um, you know, she had us doing that early, early on, and yeah. I just continued to do chiropractic. Um, but any kind of Reiki, acupuncture, you know, just yeah. any type of, I, I love what you do with the color yeah. puncture and the Karelian. And so uh, we're going to have to do a transition to the next thing here. So you can find the podcast of the show on am950radio.com on Apple and Google Podcasts and anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And we will be right back. Hi. 
Hi, this is Ryan, owner of Snap Construction. It's been great working with so many of the passionate AM950 listeners over the years. We have realized how important AM950 is to the community. I want to see AM950 continue to grow and continue to thrive into the future. To help continue to grow, Snap Construction will be putting up proceeds to assist the station in marketing on social media. Snap Construction encourages you to do your part by liking and sharing the content on AM950 social media platforms. This is Chad, owner of AM950. Ryan has always told me the best time to get work done is during the colder months of the year because demand is much lower. He is backing that up again by offering 30% off labor on windows and siding from now until the end of December. Call Snap Construction now to get 30% off labor on windows and siding. As always, Snap Construction stands by their work with a lifetime craftsmanship warranty. Trust the company AM950 trusts Snap Construction, arguably the most well-reviewed roofing, siding, and window contractor in the metro area. Get a free estimate by calling 612-333-SNAP or find them online at snapconstruction.com. Financing options available. You're listening to AM950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the most informative source for progressive politics and news in the Twin Cities. Get involved online at am950radio.com where you can sign up for our weekly newsletter. Check out the local businesses that help make this content available and stay up to date on the latest news and upcoming events. You can always reach us by email at comment at am950radio.com. That's comment at am950radio.com. Thanks for listening. Tom Hartman here telling you that solar energy isn't just for environmentalists. Switching to all-energy solar is actually perfect for reducing your carbon footprint while also saving money on your monthly electric bill. The fact that solar panels cause no earth-harming emissions while it's producing energy is a bonus. Who in the world could object to that? But they can also help you save money month after month for decades. And they do it with a clean footprint. So go green and start saving money today by visiting allenergysolar.com. Supporting the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities has never been easier. You'll find an expansive list of local dining options at eatlocalminnesota.com, from classic American comfort food to authentic flavors from around the world. Experience cozy fireside dining at the Downtown or Woodfire Grill in St. Paul, specializing in fresh seafood, fire-roasted meats and pizzas, all cooked over an oak-burning fire, and salads and sandwiches, too. Join them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week, located at 253 West 7th Street with plenty of free parking, or online at downtownerwoodfire.com. Burger Moe's is the perfect neighborhood gathering spot before and after Excel Center events or anytime. Offering 20 fresh, never frozen burger varieties, more than 60 beers on tap, and happy hours twice daily. Burger Moe's is located at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul with plenty of free parking and online at burgermoe's.com. And welcome back to Green Tea Conversations. Where, where we delve into the pages of Natural Awakenings Magazine and talk to the professionals who share their expertise on natural health with you. I'm your host today, Sean Blodgett, and we're talking with Candy Broffel about how she got to where she is today. Uh, and in the previous segment, we touched a little bit about uh, Candy getting massage uh, ahead of her time, uh, or ahead of the time of the United States, really, and also chiropractic. And being a natural health professional myself, I know that um, back at that time, chiropractic was uh, seen uh, not in the best light, and same with the massage therapy. And so, Candy, what are some of the things that you've seen with the change of the perception of chiropractic care and massage? Well, 
and I and I look back to that time. I, I, like I said, I was probably eight years old when the first chiropractor came into our town, and um, people just really did not understand what it was that he did. It was seen as being kind of like a. I don't know, medicine doctor or something, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that, uh, something that was seen as being kind of a farce. Right. And um, and so people, it was really hard for him to be able to grow his business. Luckily, we had a very good health food store oh, okay. in, in town that was um, owned by a woman who people really highly regarded. And mm-hmm. so she, she brought in a lot of expertise and a lot of knowledge to people to help them and really helped him to grow his business. Now in that same town... Mm-hmm. I would guess there's probably 15 chiropractors. Oh, wow. And that's, and it's still a small town. I mean, I grew up in a small town in, in northern Minnesota. Mm-hmm. But now there's, you know, 15 chiropractors, probably 25 massage therapists, that type of thing. But the first massage therapist in our town, um, and she's a very good friend of mine, um, her name is Terry Kirkhoff. But she, at the time, when she started... She was married to a lawyer in town, okay. Um, and she had known what the benefits of massage were for a long time, mm-hmm. and so she had done the training and had come in and started her own her own uh, shop, and she was doing it out of her home. And for her to try to get it approved through the city council was. She had people protesting and, you know, calling her very vulgar names. Right, because the massage at that time was seen as... uh, Sexual in nature. Right, exactly. (laughs) And it still sometimes has that connotation even today. Yeah, and unfortunately means sometimes you see things on the news that that do that and you think, oh, you know, why... That's so bad because it's setting things back in a way. Right. But yet, I think today people understand the health benefits more of massage and understand right. that that's kind of an outlier now. Yeah. Or something, you know, you just have to be careful of that when you're seeking out. Right. And massage has been practiced well over 5,000 years at this point. Right. Um, so, I mean, it is one of the core bases to natural medicine. Well, and you think about it, how you nurture your children, how you nurture babies when they're right. born. You know, it's all about the touch and all about the yeah. just having that closeness and that as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, she, you know, she really went through the ringer for many years before she finally... And her husband, her poor husband at the time, you know, he was a really well-known lawyer in town, and mm-hmm. he's he had to, you know, help defend her right. to make sure people understood it wasn't like they were, you know, running a house of ill repute right. out of their home or something. Mm-hmm. And um, but she really helped to her and um, and the chiropractor, mm-hmm. and for some reason I can't remember his name, but they both really helped to bring natural medicine to this small town. And yeah. the first person was Linda Dahl, who owned the Cloquet Natural Health Store oh, at cool. the time, and she she really helped people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you know now people see there's so many different types of chiropractic care too now that people can do. Right. Back then, it was very much. I remember there was a, a technique called the pretzel. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he called it the pretzel, and they actually just kind of contorted you and then cracked your back. And yep. that scared the bejesus out of me every time I had to have it done. Mm-hmm. And now I think back to how gentle chiropractic care is. 
mm-hmm. compared to back then. I mean, there's so many advances that have been made as far as even the tools that, that chiropractors have now compared to right. back then. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's really come so far in right. the last 40 years mm-hmm. uh, since I've been, you know, introduced to it. So, yeah. So, um, growing up uh, with a more natural lifestyle, um, after getting through high school and everything like that, what did you go into after that? <laughs> well, and when you say growing up in a more natural health style, lifestyle, yeah. I have to let you know. I mean, my mom was kind of kooky. She was she's a That's okay. <laughs> wonderful person. She's kind of yeah. kooky. So I grew up in the you know seventies and eighties, mm-hmm. and graduated from high school in the mid eighties. Okay. And um, everyone around us, you know, was had MTV and all that kind of stuff. Okay. We didn't own a TV. Yeah. We didn't own a phone. Oh wow! We cooked on a wood cook stove. We had, you know, only wood for heat. Yeah. She like wanted us to have the most simple of lives that we could. So, it was. We were kind of an odd oddity, mm-hmm. <laughs> and our friends would be like, "You know, this is kind of different." <laughs> yeah, we don't have a phone. You know, no, you can't call your mom. You have to go to the neighbors. <laughs> if yeah. you're going to call your mom, but she just really wanted to make sure that we didn't have a lot of that distraction yeah. and um she just liked the idea of living that kind of simple life so when i went away it was like oh freedom at last you know i don't have to do i can go and buy anything i want as far mm-hmm. as buy things that are already prepared and and needless to say it probably wasn't the best thing for my health <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Looking back on it now. But back then, I, you know, I went away to college and I decided to go into cosmetology. Oh, fun. Yeah. So I went to St. Cloud and got a degree in cosmetology and hated doing hair. Okay. So uh, why did you go into cosmetology? Because my friends were. Oh, okay. It, it was just a great idea. You know, my friends said, you should do this with us. And I said, okay. Because that's, I figured I could go into business afterward. Okay. And I could work my way through business, uh, through university mm-hmm. as a cosmetologist. But I didn't like doing hair. So. Okay. <laughs> and, um, and then I also, you know, things changed. I ended up um, getting pregnant. Out okay. of, when I was in cosmetology school and moved home in order to have my child. And so my parents just helped me. They helped me, um, you know, raise my son. And, and then things just kind of change. I mean, once you have children and that type of thing, everything kind of changes. Mm-hmm. So I ended up not going, like, to college. So I do have to ask, did you have, like, an at-home childbirth at the time? No. No, okay. (laughs) (laughs) She wasn't that much of a hippie. Okay, okay. (laughs) No, I think that would have been wonderful. She she would have loved that. I mean, she was always, like, she told me I was going to do cloth diapers. Okay. You know, everything was going to be very natural, and she would have loved me to have a water birth. But I was like... No, I was 18. I was scared to death. So yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to be where a doctor was. It's kind of cool, too, that there was the water birth stuff 
um, Even already then. back then. Yeah. So, and when we talk, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more with Candy about uh, how she transitioned uh, to more the business side of things, having such a hippie upbringing. <laughs> and um, you can find podcasts of am950radio.com on Apple and Google Podcasts and anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Peter Solak. And I'm Adam Ostrowski. We are here at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces to talk about the joy of live fire cooking. Cooking over a live fire is the oldest and most basic form of cooking. What's new is in the way a fire is handled and its heat is managed. It's easier to experience and enjoy the smell and taste of food cooked over a live fire. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces sells and installs live fire grills, fire pits, and ovens. Let us help you experience the smell, the taste, the fun of cooking with fire. Pizza was first made and is still best made in an open fire oven. The radiant and conductive heat of a live fire is unmatched for wood roasting and baking artisan breads too. Come see the many ways you can cook over a live fire. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces has over 35 working wood and gas units on display at the corner of East Franklin and Riverside Avenue in Minneapolis. More information at woodlandstoves.com. Find the fire that works for you. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, out of the ordinary products and services since 1977. Hello, fellow AM950 listeners. This is Jaja from Nightingale at 26 in Lindale. Come experience our delicious signature dishes and exciting rotation of inventive seasonal fare for my wife and chef, Carrie, and her team. Nightingale is the perfect place to gather for any occasion with our extensive wine, beer, and cocktail selection, along with our dedication to great service. We offer a full menu every day from 4 to 1 a.m., two award-winning daily happy hours, and weekend brunch at 10. More at nightingalempls.com. No matter what your taste, you'll find the music you're looking for at the Electric Fetus. Pick from rock, pop, international, roots music, and so much more on CD and vinyl. Or create your own compilation of favorites with the exclusive Mix and Burn CD station. Only available at the Electric Fetus. Dust off your vinyl or just make some space by turning your unwanted music into cash. The used selection changes daily, so check out the new arrivals often. 2000 4th Avenue South in Minneapolis and online at efetus.com. Native Ritz Radio is proud to announce we've added an extra hour. Yeah, Chuchke, one hour goes by too fast. That's right, Uncle Curtis. I'll have extra time to share important information about our sacred animals. And report national and native news from all over the country and Canada. This new hour is sponsored by Robbins Kaplan LLP, dedicated to redefining excellence for high-stakes litigation representation in Indian country. Saturdays from 1 to 3 p.m. We are awake. What kind of a jackass would let an animal pick their insurance? Did you really think a lizard could save you money on car insurance? Would you let a duck pick your health policy? Insurance can be a zoo, but this is ridiculous. What you really need is an insurance agent that isn't looking out for the insurance companies. You need Cheryl at Array, an independent agent with 30 years experience looking for the best rate possible. Quit monkeying around and call 763-504-3067. That's 763-504-3067 for Cheryl at Array, representing you, not the insurance company companies. With your AM950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Today, a chance of rain and snow with highs of 37, and tonight, mostly clear with a low around 21. Monday will be sunny with a high of 33 and a low of 20, while Tuesday will be sunny with a high of 16 and a low around 3 degrees. 
AM950 is brought to you by Eat Local Minnesota. Break away from the usual and find a list of one-of-a-kind local restaurants at eatlocalminnesota.com. From elegant to casual, exotic to comfort food, they've got everything and more. Find the full list of incredible nearby restaurants at eatlocalminnesota.com. Green Tea Conversations, where we delve into the pages of Natural Awakenings Magazine and talk to experts who share their expertise in natural health with you. I'm your host today, Sean Blodgett, and today we're talking with the normal host, Candy Brothel, <laughs> uh, producer of Natural Awakenings Magazine and also the radio sh- uh, this Green Tea Conversations. And before the break, we were talking to Candy about her having her first child and moving back home after going to cosmetology school. And so, Candy, uh, after you had your first kid... Um, did you go back to college? What happened after that? Yeah, so I think I was always interested in going to college, but at the time, you know, you're just trying to trying to survive. I mean, as bad as that sounds, it's like just trying to find a job and trying well, and to be able to mid, provide. Mid eighties then, <clears throat> yeah, or late eighties, yeah. yeah, mid eighties, late eighties, and um, so I was working different jobs. I was actually a, a makeup artist at the time. Oh, fun. Um, so I was doing that for a while, which I liked. Um, but then my grandparents got sick. Mm. And so my grandfather had been ill for many, many years. And he was quite a bit older than my grandmother. And um, he was he was pretty much what we called back then bedridden. So he was mm-hmm. unable to care for himself. She cared for him. And uh, she ended up going into a diabetic coma. Oh, wow. And having a massive stroke. And um, she was no longer, I mean, overnight, no longer able to care for him. And she was fighting for her life. Yeah. So I had moved in with him to take care of him while she was in the hospital. And then several months later, she... Um, got well enough that she could come home, but she could never take care of herself again. She had had a lot of, you know, stroke and, and some other things that had happened. And so I knew I was going to have to take care of them both. And I wanted to take care of them both. So why did you know that you had to take care of them? Well, other people in our family just were not able to do it. Uh, They, you know, they had responsibilities as well as far as a lot of people in my family had farms and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't. Um, And so I had already been living with my grandfather and working and just having people come in and help while I was at work. Okay. And, um, Many years prior, my great-grandmother had done what was called back then a board and care home. And so my grandparents had moved in with her to help her with the business and to help take care of her as she got older. And so they had done it as well Mm -hmm. for several years, but it had been, they hadn't done it since I was a small child. Okay. And I had said to my grandfather, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I need to make a living and mm-hmm. I need to be able to take care of you guys, but I'm not sure how I'm going to do that. And he said, well, why don't you start a boarding care home? And so I thought, well, let's see what that means. So yeah. contacted, um, at the time we lived in Carleton County, and contacted them, and they said, well, we don't have those anymore, but we do have what's called adult foster care homes. Mm-hmm. And so I started an adult foster care home took care of my grandparents, Mm -hmm. and it was going to be kind of a temporary thing. My son was four at the time. Oh, wow. Um, And this was in 1991. Mm -hmm. And so um, it was going to to only be temporary until my grandparents 
had passed away or, you know, no yeah. longer needed my care. And then mm-hmm. I would go back to work somewhere else. Well, that was 20, going on 29 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> and my husband and I still do adult foster care. So mm-hmm. we take care of people in our home. Uh, we have three people who live with us, three adults who live with us, who we care for and provide all of their all of their daily cares. Um, our clients live with us full full time and they live with us long term. So one of our clients that we have uh, on July on January 1st, yesterday mm-hmm. or Wednesday, yeah. we just uh, celebrated 20 years that he's lived with us. Oh wow. So how do your clients that live with you, how do they feel about you having this natural health magazine and um, the more natural health lifestyle? Well, they, you know, I'm always using, (laughs) you know, helping to make sure that they have good nutrition, Mm -hmm. good um, vitamins, any kind of pains that they have. We use a lot of essential oils, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Our clients are, are mostly uh developmentally disabled okay so they don't really understand that i own a magazine they don't oh okay they don't care (laughs) probably either you know um but they they just know that you know they're being taken care of and they're safe and that type of thing so it's really um they've been with us for so long that they just become a big part of your family and that's what i do i mean that's one of the things that I've been able to do with our clients is to provide them some natural holistic approaches mm-hmm. um, with the approval of their families and with right. the approval of their doctors um, to help to alleviate any kind of pains and help them to stay healthy and, um, you know, maintain their health as long as they can. Right. So um, having a very taking care of three other people. That's definitely a lot of work. Um, So do you have gardens today? Um, Or do you practice gardening? Well, actually, I just we just moved down here, Mm -hmm. as you know, I just moved down to the Twin Cities. And uh, but in the home that we lived in before, yes, we had gardens. We've I've always had container gardens, basically, okay. because I've always lived in town, so I didn't have huge gardens. Um, and I love container gardening. Um, I love canning. I love taking care of food that way, which is funny because I rebelled against it so much when I was a kid. <laughs> um, but you go back to it and, it, and it's just such a great way to be able to provide for your family. Um, so yeah, I use a lot of container gardening. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of a lot of the things that my parents taught me when I was young come back into. I still have a lot of my mom's books from Rodale Pre- Rodale Press. Oh wow! Um, different different books that she had on gardening that she uh, she always used, and mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I I try to uphold that. <laughs> yeah, what is your favorite thing to can? Tomatoes. Tomatoes. I love. <laughs> I don't know why I love canning tomatoes, but they always taste so great, and they're easy to can. And I just, I love yeah. having them on my shelf. Yeah, and they're so versatile. Yeah, um, you can use them for everything. Yeah. So, um, so I do have to ask you um, now, knowing that your mom was kind of a hippie uh, <laughs> growing up and stuff like that, was it just the the time period that she lived in that she was more of the hippie or were your grandparents also a little hippier as well? No, my grandparents weren't 
as hippie as she was. My mom was very much like she taught us, you know, you talk to plants. You okay. know, plants have energy and you want to be able to talk to your plants and that's how you have healthy you have more nutrients in your vegetables and you mm-hmm. you know you have to be careful when you're when you're working around their roots because that's you know where yeah. all their nutrients are coming from. She was very much about energy. Yeah. Um, where my grandparents weren't so much, but they okay. all did gardening and that type of thing too. <clears throat> well, and what's kind of cool now today in the last like I would say what is it last eight or ten years we're actually now starting to get studies to show that plants actually can hear. Oh, the yeah. sounds and actually make sounds. So <laughs> I've always like, and people didn't realize that, huh? Right. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think about things like forest bathing. Yeah. We did forest bathing way before that was ever even a thing. It was like when we were stressed out or things were happening or people were arguing, my mom would be like, everybody, let's go out to the woods. <laughs> <laughs> and so we'd be traipsing around the woods trying to find different, you know, herbs and plants and different things. Uh, yeah. for whatever idea she had at the time. And and it was like just she knew that that was a way for us to calm down, to kind of connect again, right. to get grounded. She was always big about grounding, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, going back to the adult foster care, so we've been doing that a long time. But along the way, I have also always had other jobs. So after I started doing the adult foster care, I decided I did want to go back to school. Okay. And so I did end up going back to college when I was 28. So I never ended up getting a degree until I was in my 30s. Okay. Um, And I went to a local community college in our town Mm -hmm. and um, just loved it so much. I loved learning. I loved being in the environment. Mm -hmm. I was really lucky. The college that I went to uh, is called Fond du Lac Tribal in Community College. Mm -hmm. So it had this really nice mix of uh, traditional Native ways as well as um, just, you know, mainstream college. Mm -hmm. And I loved, I loved the college. I loved being there. I loved the energy. I loved everything about, I loved the people who were there. I loved what was being taught. Mm -hmm. And so really wanted to stay in that environment and ended up getting hired to work there as well. Very fun. Now, what did you go to college for, for the second degree? Uh, Well, the degree I had before wasn't really, I mean, it was cosmetology. Mm -hmm. um, So that's more of like a trade. Um, And then the college I went to the community college, I got my associate's degree, and then I went on and got a bachelor's degree in organizational management. Ah. And then I got a, a master's degree in, I, I got an MBA. Oh, nice. So I've always been really interested in business yeah, and so, owning business. And it's probably helped you to juggle all the different things that you've got going on, owning the magazine, and then the adult foster care, uh, and then also being a business coach as well. Well, yes, and the business coaching came after. I mean, that was quite a while later. Okay. But when I started at the tribal college, I worked in their um, workforce development department. So I worked with business and industry, helping them train employees, getting the skills that they needed, uh, leadership training, team building, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And um, just have always been really interested in how organizations can do more, 
um, in a in a better way, how they can be more productive and effective and treating their employees, you know, just getting the most out of their employees and helping them to grow their employees. Mm-hmm. And part of that then became coaching. Mm-hmm. Like you started to hear more and more. I was at the college for 15 years. Okay. So had started there in the night, I think 2000. And then, um, so over the years, coaching became more mainstream as well. So at the beginning, you didn't really hear a lot about coaching. Mm -hmm. And then that started to come into uh, business and industry more. And Mm -hmm. now today, it's so widespread. But it became something that I was interested in and decided to go and get a coaching certification as well. Oh, cool. Uh, So where did you go for the coaching certification? I went to a program called IPEC, which is, um, I think it's the International Professional Excellence in Coaching. It's a program out of California, but they um, they do classes all over the United States. So they came here to Minneapolis. And oh. it was like a, a year program, a year long or a year and a half long program. Awesome. Excellent program. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we've been talking with Candy Braffel. She's the normal host for the show about uh, her entire life and what's brought her here to Green Tea Conversations. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, where Candy has taken all of this stuff and um, what she's doing with it today. Uh, You can find a podcast of the show on am950radio.com, on Apple and Google Podcasts, and anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Charlie. Dad, don't embarrass me by making me say this. What does a used iPhone go for today? Fine. My dad is the greatest fantasy football player of all time, Matt McNeil. I won our league this year. Ugh. When I'm getting together with my friends without my dad, we always go in my Sienna. Not only does it drive great in winter conditions, but it can easily fit all my friends with seating up to eight. My son's friend's parents request he drive because he has a Sienna. It tells you everything you need to know about their safety and reliability. See for yourself at Rudy Luther Toyota, 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. In the Army National Guard, family means everything. Our parents, they were really supportive that all five of us would join. I got my education because of the Guard. I got to travel a little bit and experience a whole different culture. It helped me get my job, helped me pay for my house. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard instills pride that you and your family will share. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association at this station. This is Chad, owner of AM950. Our station has worked with Barbara from WYSIWYG Web Design for years on everything from logo to print design and especially for developing our website. She does great work and is great to work with listening to what our goals and design ideas were while offering new, innovative ideas to create the website we are proud of today. Barbara made sure she understood our station, our goals, and our mission before she started working on our site and made suggestions to help control the cost. Plus, she's friendly, which set us at ease. I recommend Barbara at WYSIWYG Web Design because I know she will deliver an attractive, professional website within the budget you have. She is a local independent business that specializes in helping other local businesses achieve their website and design goals. She can work with nearly any budget and create anything from simple sites to robust custom functionality. To find out more about the company AM950 Trust, go to WYSIWYGWebDesign.com. Spelled out just like it sounds, WYSIWYGWebDesign.com. 
Hi, I'm Peter Solak. And I'm Adam Ostrowski. We are here at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces to talk about outdoor fires. Sitting around a fire is the oldest, most basic form of human activity. What's new is in the way fire is burned. We can show you how to burn cleaner with a lot less smoke. The radiant heat and light from an open fire is unmatched. It kindles our spirits and connects us to the outdoors. And now it's easier to experience and enjoy. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces sells and installs wood and gas burning fire pits and fireplaces. Let us help you experience an outdoor fire without all the smoke. Come see the many ways you can enjoy a fire outdoors. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces has over 35 working wood and gas units on display at the corner of East Franklin and Riverside Avenue in Minneapolis. More information at woodlandstoves.com. Find the fire that works for you. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, out of the ordinary products and services since 1977. Welcome back to Green Tea Conversations, where we delve into the pages of Natural Awakenings Magazine and talk to the experts who share their expertise in natural health with you. I'm your host today, Sean Blodgett, and we're talking with Candy Brothel about her entire life. And in the last segment, we were talking about her <laughs> going to college um, the second time, so trade school, then college. And I'm wondering, uh, with all of this stuff... Um, how did you get to decide to, or get to the point to decide that you wanted to own a natural health and wellness and green product service magazine? Well, I had no intention on ever owning a magazine. Let me just start with that. <laughs> <laughs> you just never know where your life is going to take you. But when I was at the college, I, I also ran, um, also helped to develop some programs and helped to kind of run some of the programs that we had that were around sustainable energy and home efficiency. So that um, would have been the early 2000s then? Uh, yeah, probably more in the mid-2000s okay. that we started. So mm -hmm. we ran some statewide programs on uh, weatherization, on, on helping weatherization programs get certification in um, home auditing. Okay. So doing home energy auditing, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and we also had, it was a very, Fond du Lac Tribal and Community College is a very forward-thinking college. Okay. And so, and it's all around, you know, really basing around um, our environment and how we can be better stewards of our environment, better stewards of the world that we've been given. And so they, they were ahead of the game when it came to any kind of renewable energy programs, that type of thing. And so I, I got introduced to those as well. And, mm -hmm. you know, then looking back, going back to having solar panels when we grew up and that oh, type wow. of thing. I mean, it was... They actually you know, the made neighbor, solar pa panels back then? Uh, back then, way back then. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that old, Sean. <laughs> but, but, you know, we had all of this type of technology that just keeps kind of coming into my purview. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I left the college, I ended up working for um, a nonprofit in Duluth as a business advisor. So I worked with small okay. business owners to help them grow their business, mm -hmm. to help provide them any kind of support that they needed um, for, you know, growing their business, getting maybe lending that they needed in order to expand, um, helping them be more efficient in their business, that type of thing. So I did mm -hmm. that for a couple of years as well and love working with small business owners. Yeah. I absolutely love working with small business owners. Mm -hmm. um, and I knew I wanted to do it on kind of a, a bigger 
level even. Okay. Like something kept drawing me to doing something more mm-hmm. than what I was able to do even at the nonprofit. And the nonprofit that I work for was wonderful. They do great work in Duluth. I'm going to give them a little prop out, which is oh, yeah. it's the Entrepreneur Fund in Duluth. Mm-hmm. And uh, they do great work with small business owners up there. And uh, I learned a lot while I was there mm-hmm. and uh, learned a lot of information that I thought I could share with other small business owners as well. Yeah. And so I just didn't quite know what that meant. I had gotten a, a certification to be a, a coach And Mm -hmm. I liked business coaching, liked working in that arena, um, but just didn't know maybe how I was going to be able to affect, help people to affect change, help people to grow their business in a different way. Because that is actually kind of tough in that particular, in smaller businesses, it's um, a little bit tougher, it seems. Well, and, you know, people are working day to day just to try to grow their business. I right. mean, they're they're in the depths of everything. And so they're not necessarily thinking about business coaching. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do, which is great. Yeah. But it's like, okay, so how, how can I kind of reach out and be able to help people in maybe a little bit different way? And then a friend of mine had come across the magazine Mm-hmm. when she was in the cities and her and I had talked about doing something together mm-hmm. and so she came across the magazine when she was down here doing some training oh. for an organization and found out that it was for sale mm-hmm. and she had contacted the publisher and said tell me about this yeah. and then she told me about it and um, she had decided she was going to buy it and um, she was going to she was gung-ho about buying it and I'm like mm-hmm. I want to do it too. (laughs) So she said, yeah, let's do it together. So Mm -hmm. we purchased a magazine together and then it just kind of went from there. um, She was her business. She does training uh, for organizations throughout the United States and her business exploded. So she just couldn't stay in it as long as she had thought she could. Mm -hmm. And so I started doing it on my own and have loved it. So it's just the ability to be able to work with people, uh, work with small business owners, but then to be able to work with small business owners who are making really great changes in this world, Mm -hmm. who are really helping to affect sustainable change to make this a better place for us. And that's what I find so exciting about it. Awesome. And so what are some of the things that you've brought to Natural Awakenings that have helped some of the small businesses in that community? Um, I guess, you know, some of the things that we're doing and and you and I are doing together Mm -hmm. as well is, you know, offering lunch and learns. That has been a big thing to for our advertisers to be able to come and connect with one another, having that networking ability, but also be able to learn about something in their business. So whether it's... um, you know, something that will help them grow their business or marketing or advertising. That like type the of thing. one that I love from the Lunch and Learn last year that you did was the business planning one. Yes. It was a completely different way of looking at it. And I was like, just excited and charged up. And I went back to the office. I was like, Andre, let's work on this. <laughs> and he's like, you're really hyper. <laughs> and I'm like, this is just awesome information and putting it in such an easy and approachable way that's easy for a small business to incorporate in and not overly taxing at all. And I really look at the magazine as being, it's a great resource for our readers. It gives them information. I just want to say, I think going back to 
my college, working at a college, mm-hmm. information is really important. But letting people make up their own mind is also really important. Yeah. So I try to always have make sure the information is good information that people are getting, but that they can make up their mind what they want to do. My job mm-hmm. as a publisher is to help our businesses be successful, help right. our advertisers be successful. And I think you're doing a really good job at that um, with giving all these different tools and um, all the experience that you bring forward. It's really kind of cool. Well, in the partnership here with AM 952 and having Green Tea Conversations, this has been a huge, huge thing for our advertisers to be able to come in, let people know what it is that they're doing in even a different way. So is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners? Just look out for 2020. 2020 is going to be an exciting time Mm -hmm. all the way around. Would your mom have anything to say about that? 2020. (laughs) She would say it is, there's something about having perfect vision in 2020. (laughs) My mom has passed on, so she's with us every day. (laughs) That's nice. And so we've been talking today with Candy Braffel, the normal host of the show, also publisher of Natural Awakenings Twin Cities magazine, which you can find at naturaltwincities.com. Thank you for joining our conversation today as we awaken to natural health. You can find a podcast of the show on am950radio.com or Apple and Google Podcasts. You've been listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And Candy and I are wishing you a lovely day. Great job, son. <laughs> I'm Rick Unger. You've heard the screamers. You've heard the shouters, the haters, the beraters. Well, now it's time to listen to a real conversation, a rational conversation. Now it's time for The Rick Unger Show. Listen to The Rick Unger Show every weekday from 5 to 7 p.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Stream at am950radio.com or search KTNF on the TuneIn app. Wendy, great news. What's the great news, Robert? Hey, we're on Wednesdays now at 5 p.m. That's great. What's the name of the show? Uh, Pilot's Playhouse? I don't know. Pilot's Playhouse? That's terrible. (laughs) That is terrible. Hey, everyone should listen in and see what we come up with. So what's the new show about? Well, we'll have local and national news and guests that you don't hear anywhere else. Wednesdays at 5. See you then.